Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Eat the Frog Fitness in Manhattan, Kansas, Ross Matheny. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Psyched to uh, learn more about Eat the Frog and specifically your location. So let's hop into it. Tell us what you're all about. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys uh, finding Eat the Frog Manhattan and um, inviting me on. I'm excited to be here. Um, but uh, Eat the Frog Fitness, yep, we're a um, personalized small group training um, franchise. Uh, they started franchising back in 2017. So uh, relatively new franchise. Um, and one of the things that got us so excited about Eat the Frog was um, our ability to be low impact. Um, so that uh, kind of varies the demographic that we can kind of um, have in our studio. So we're low impact 24 uh, seven facility. Um, the technology we use allows us to be 24 seven. Um, we're heart rate based functional fitness. So that, um, that bodes well to, to everybody as well. So um, we, my, my wife and I found Eat the Frog in Atlanta, Georgia, and, um, and she's a Manhattan, Manhattan girl. And uh, we knew we wanted to get back to Manhattan. So here we are. So we're excited to, to be bringing Eat the Frog to Manhattan, Kansas. Awesome, man. That's, uh, that's super cool. You know, family business, going, going back to her, to her hometown. So you're not from Manhattan? No, I'm, I'm originally from Northern Virginia. So, okay. Yep. So I, I, we, we met out here in Manhattan and, um, and then just, uh, ended up finding the frog in Atlanta and, and came back. So. And, uh, it's, it's big, big college town out there. There's a pretty good population. A lot of, it's, it, I wouldn't even call it up and coming. I mean, there's, there's a lot of fitness franchises that are either there or in the, in the Metro area, if you want to call it of Manhattan. So it's certainly, can support them. It's just a matter of this was a unique concept that you thought Manhattan could use. Yeah. You know, for, for us, it was, um, it was basically giving back to the community we love through the platform of fitness. Um, you know, Manhattan has been a, a, a really awesome community um, for, for us personally. We met here, I was coaching football um, at Kansas state. And so that's how we met. And then I went on a little coaching trail and coached at some other spots and, um, finally worked my way out of coaching and, and ended up in Atlanta. And, um, and my wife was the head coach at the eat the frog and then in the, in the uh, Atlanta area studio. And um, so the more time we started spending in, in, in that eat the frog and her, you know, being, you know, all in on that studio head coach, that kind of thing. Um, I started thinking, I was like, this thing's got some legs. Like, you know, this is, this is a pretty legit concept. Um, and we knew we wanted to end up back in Kansas uh, to raise our family and get back closer to her, her parents and that kind of thing. And so just started some do, doing some due diligence on Eat the Frog and kind of what it was all about and who the leadership was and um, you know, where they were in the franchising model. And, um, and we just said, hey, let's do it and bought the damn thing and brought it to Manhattan. So, so here we are. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome, especially being that you know, um, you were involved, you know, she was coaching, she was in, in the world of it, because I think a lot of times when people are looking for 
that model, whether they want to copy somebody else's model or build one from scratch, or in this case, a franchise, like things can look fantastic and you can go and do the flyout and try place. But if you're not in it, it's hard to understand some of the other ins and outs. So having that extra insider knowledge had to be at least one foot forward into the, all right, this is why eat the frog is going to be the thing that we do. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, from, from my wife's perspective, her being the head coach, um, she fell in love with it from a programming standpoint. Um, you know, the way, the way that our programming is set up at eat the frog, we're, we're a variable intensity performance studio. So we're not a hit studio. We have hit components, but um, it's more of an athletic inspired and in, in uh, background of the training that we do. Um, so we have three session types. We have cardio strength and agility. And those three session types, um, we do periodization training. So those three sessions types stay the same Monday to Sunday on a weekly basis. And then they change every week. And then they progressively increase in intensity over a three week, three week period and our, and Week three is our peak week. That's the most challenging of the, of the, of the period. And then week four, we kind of deload um, endurance type week to get ready for the next period. So the, you create these hills and valleys in the programming just naturally with the way that we vary the intensities of the heart rate training. Um, and then from my wife's perspective as the coach, she fell in love with it because it took, it took away her, her responsibility of having to spend and devote time to programming so in terms of like if you're a personal trainer in a big box gym or um you know some of these other studios the coach is having to spend an hour at home at night programming for the next day and then do the hour session so they're getting paid for an hour but they're working two hours whereas in this franchise model with eat the frog the corporate office does all the programming now my wife and all our coaches they study, they study the programming the night before, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, but they aren't having to develop it themselves and they can just, you know, drop everything and go coach. And, and it, it frees them up from, and, and can be more personal with everybody because they're not having to spend that extra time on their own doing the programming. Yeah, that's, that's a great thing to leverage. And, you know, when you're in a franchise program and she already knew all right i like the programming it's great it's coach friendly it's it's getting good results from clients and then corporate has you know however many locations however many franchisees giving them feedback so they can constantly iterate to make it better so you almost it's almost like the concept of economies of scale you know worked backwards to where this isn't this doesn't have to be one size fits all this is what we see we communicate two ways and this is going to be one of the upsides of the franchise. So I, I love that they provide that and that, again, you get to see it from the inside out before diving mm -hmm. in. So one other question that I wanted to ask just on the execution um, before we move forward, there's um, you said it's small group. So that has a lot of different meanings across the industry. So are there hard and fast limits to what you consider that for your particular studio? Is it set by the franchise? Uh, because I've heard people say we do 20 person small group and I've heard three person small group. So what does it mean for you? Yeah. So our group training um, maxes out at 24. So we have okay. 24, 24 stations in our studio um, and the room is divided into two sides. So we have a traditional side and the functional side, each side numbered one to 12. And so 
on the traditional side, that's where we use our Concept2 rowers, our Kaiser spin bikes. And then we use these things called new bells, which are circular style dumbbells. And then on the other side of the room is our functional side. Now that's where we use TRX straps and sandbags. And then each side of the room is led by a big IMAX screen. So the IMAX screen is essentially the co-coach in the session. It's got the countdown clock working, what heart rate zone you're supposed to be training in, what movement you're supposed to be doing, all that kind of thing. So that's what frees the coach up to be able to walk the room and motivate and encourage the small group as a whole, but then also come off the mic and come up and give individual personal training cues inside the group environment because the rest of the session can just reference the IMAX screens and it doesn't slow down the session. So um, that technology is also what allows us to be 24 seven. So every hour on the hour, that's not a live coach led session the IMAX screens, the lights, the music, and the, and the screens all roll together. And the member can come in at 11 p.m. at night and follow the session, just following the IMAX screens, so. Yeah, that's a really, really awesome. And I think if it's not unique specifically to Eat the Frog, there are very few, if any, other people doing that. Um, are you familiar? Is anybody else in the industry that you know of on a on any scale and level doing that, um, you know, 24 seven access, but with the virtual coaching of the, the classes. No, I'm pretty sure that we're the only, um, 24 seven, you know, studio style fitness, um, uh, functional fitness studio in the world. So, um, it, it's really neat. And, and we have members that utilize the studio from 3 AM through 9 PM. And we've had some, you know, come in at midnight before and, and they literally, um, are using it 24 seven, which is really, really cool. Um, Cause I think there's something to be said about, you know, especially coming out of this pandemic of removing yourself from your home and going somewhere to work out. And, and I don't think the brick and mortar gym space is going anywhere. I think it's going to get amplified. And um, because people, people want to be around people and people are, are need, need a change of environment. Um, so whether that be virtual for us in the middle of the night or the middle of the afternoon or whatever, or one of our coach led sessions, um, it's, a, it's a pretty unique differentiator. I think Eat the Frog has. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's a, a really cool feature. The only other question I have on that end is, has there ever been a concern or do you have set rules as far as like, what would happen for, for example, if I wanted to come in at midnight and I just decided I was just going to do my own workout and not do what was going on on the, on the IMAX screens. Like, do you have rules against that? Is that something that you've even run into as an issue or, or do you find that people for the most part, just, just do what they're supposed to? Yeah, that, that really hasn't been an issue for us. I think um, that all just starts with an education to the member on the front end, right? Like, Hey, this is why we're periodization training. This is why we have three session types. This is why, we train the way we do, and this is a set program. If you want to be a part of Eat the Frog Fitness, like to maximize Eat the Frog Fitness, you should follow the programming and you'll want to. Um, and so, you know, there's, when, when people come in in the virtual sessions, they, uh, they follow the programming and, um, you know, they, they might modify an exercise here or there on their own, uh, depending on their fitness level or whatnot, which they should. Um, so yeah, that them coming in and just, creating their own open gym type setting has never really been an issue, which has been good. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there too, with the initial conversations, the sit down, what are you here for? What are you looking for? I'm sure you can offer things for people with a lot of different goals, but there probably is the occasional, Hey, I just saw you guys are open 24 seven. I just want to come and do my own thing. Like maybe it's not the best fit and you either can steer them into understanding why you're a good fit or, or they make an alternative choice. Yep. That's right. So like, um, if, if it's somebody who's coming in, cause there's plenty of 24 seven studios or not studios, but fit, but gyms where you can go and do your own thing. And, um, so if somebody's looking for that, I think that's where the education beforehand comes into play and like, Hey, we're creating a program for you and we're going to help you reach your fitness goals by following this programming. And that's what we're going to do here at eat the frog. Got it. Got it. Cool. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about how your particular location um, has grown and scaled in the time that you've been open. So it's been just going on close to a year, not even, not even a year exactly for you. Um, you can get into exact numbers if you want or not, but you've had a considerable scale and growth pretty quickly out the gate. I mean, you're hitting numbers where, you know, we've, we talked to a lot of facilities where people would like to be after five or 10 years in business. So what do you owe that to? I think um, there's a couple of things. I think um, one is being entrenched in your community and being where we're watering, where you're planted, you know, um, there, we, we love the community of Manhattan. Um, and I think people feel that authenticity through us. Um, and, and we want this, this studio to be a part of the community. Um, so I think there's that aspect and, um, but really it was, you know, it was having a really strong pre-sales, um, you know, that the foundation, we were able to set the foundation of the studio before we even opened our doors. And so, um, I, I, I'm in the, th the thought process that if you don't open with a strong base, it's going to be hard to scale. So, making sure that we had that strong foundation of, of members. And then every month you're going to have some trickle in, trickle out, but that base is always there and, and you can build off of that. Um, but at the end of the day, this is a relationship business and this is the relationship market, I think. Um, so just genuinely having a relationship with everybody that walks through the doors and knowing their name and knowing something about them that doesn't have to do with eat the frog fitness and goes a long way. And, um, and we strive to do that as, as gym owners. And, um, I think our members appreciate that. Awesome. Awesome. So you have uh, a couple of there, a couple of services that we've already talked about, uh, at eat the frog, the virtual kind of, uh, virtual instructor led the in-person instructor led. You also do one-on-one -on -one personal training as an option for the fitness training, right? We don't, no. We don't, okay. Nope. Yeah, so nothing's ever one-on-one. -on -one. Um, okay. we, we do have a premier membership called our Frog Fit membership. Mm -hmm. In that, um, the, the member gets some personal accountability with the coach. They have some one-on-one -on -one communication with the coach and accountability there. They also get some personalized nutrition guidance through that. But in terms of the training, They'll st that member will still come to the scheduled group sessions that are the group sessions. Okay. So the, the execution, the actual fitness is always 
I mean, provided somebody doesn't come in at two o'clock in the morning, but it's the instructor led is group fitness. The personalization comes as far as accountability and nutrition more so than the actual workouts. That's right. Yep. So yes. So if a, if a frog fit member is, um, is coming to work out, they're going to be coming to a, yes, a group session. Um, hopefully one of the coach led sessions. Now in that session, the coach will understand that which members are frog fit members and you know, those those members get the VIP experience. And, um, and so they get some more attention in the sessions and rightfully so. Um, but yeah, nothing's ever one-on-one in the studio. Okay. So no issues there as far as scaling trainers, basically trading dollars for hours, which is, is one of the things that can be a bugaboo in the fitness industry. That's right. Yep. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So can you give me an idea of when somebody comes in, uh, whether you call it introduction or onboarding or consultation or sale, what does that process look like? And, and how much of it is set up at a corporate level and how much of it is, you know, your execution of, you know, at the franchise level for how you want that first in-person, you know, touch consumer experience to be. Yeah. Um, there is, there's a, the franchisor um, has, is, is awesome. Um, I can't say enough about the support from the home office. Uh, and so they've, there's a 12 step sales process derived from the corporate office that each franchise follows. I think inside of that 12 step sales process, you put your own local flair on it. And so, um, you know, we just, I think the biggest thing is just to be yourself and make sure that that member, that prospect feels comfortable the second they walk in the door, right? We want them, we want them to know that we know who they are um, and that they're welcome. Um, and then I think, you know, again, it's all relational and connecting with that person and making them feel comfortable. I think if you understand something about them and ask them about themselves, that doesn't have anything to do with fitness or have anything to do with eat the frog. It's just, and just getting genuinely getting to build a relationship with that person. They're going to feel a lot more comfortable going into the studio and experiencing something they they haven't experienced before. Um, and then, you know, then the, then the workout will be a good experience. And then we finish the sales process. So um, again, I, I, it's just, it's relational, man. Um, and the more that you can just be yourself and build relationships, I think the, um, the higher chance you have of having a good culture in your studio. Fantastic. Um, so I want to get away from the execution of eat the frog specifically and more to what it's looked like for you uh, just as a new fitness business owner, entrepreneur in general, have there been any major surprises either on, you know, the, wow, this is way cooler. And I enjoyed this aspect way more than I did. Or on the other side of like, I wish I would have been more prepared, or this is one of those things that I thought I would like that I didn't have. There been any major swings one way or the other? Um, you know, for us, I, I think um, my wife being the head coach at the um, Northern Atlanta studio for a couple of years really set us up for success because she was able to see the inner workings prior to us taking it on ourselves. Um, so that was a lot of help. Um, in terms of something that, you know, caught us off guard or whatever, um, the grind of pre-sales is legit. <laughs> I mean, 
you um you just got to grind through those couple months and making sure that again that foundation is set um and and that that you know so that that was an interesting season of life um but we we got to opening day and and have seen success since so um i think uh, i think it's one of those things where if, hey you signed up for this um just ride the waves that come with it and um know there's going to be some good and, and be some bad but um if you're all in you're all in so yeah and from the Aspect of pre-sales, you had what, about five months of doing the pre-sale before you opened doors? Yeah, so we started mid-October of 2020, um, and then we got to our soft opening in mid-February. So one, two, three, three and a half months or so. Um, so then our soft opening was uh, everyone who, who signed up in pre-sales was able to come work out at Eat the Frog for two weeks for free, essentially. The, before we open to the public to um and and, and, our, and that's when our coaches were able to you know get their feet wet with a live audience and that kind of thing so we had a soft opening in mid-february um but yeah it was it was it was a lot it's um you know there's pressure there's the stress to make sure your foundation gets set and are you spending your marketing dollars correctly are you involved in the community correctly i mean there's all those those questions and um yeah, just you, you, you get you get anxious that you don't want don't want don't want, to let, want don't want to let any potential members slip away because you're trying to set that foundation. Um, but uh, yeah, we were able to execute pretty well, and we were excited about where we were, and and now we're a year in and still rocking. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, one of the things that that me having gone through, um, you know, opening a location from scratch and pre-sale and pre-sales come up a lot lately. And I think thankfully, because I don't think it gets talked about enough. Did you have any degree of construction, build out anything going on during any phases of your pre-sale? And if so, like, how did you manage to keep those separated if you were doing it on location? Yeah, we, um, so the, what, um, what eat the frog encourages and what we were able to execute was um, we have our space that is the studio that we've leased. And then somewhere else in the shopping center, it's like, hey, can you get another space in the shopping center that's vacant that you can just set up shop for three months? And luckily, our there was a tenant right next door that was vacant to where we were building out. Oh, nice. And so, so the build out was going on next door while the pre-sales was going on. So it was it was a pretty perfect pair um, to be able to do that. So so yeah, so the build out was going on. And we're managing that. And, and again, luckily the, the support from the home office is incredible. You just, we handed the GC the construction manual and said, do this. And, um, and they did. And so they were able to kind of, you know, hammer that and we hammered pre-sales and then we got the day one. So. Yeah, it is definitely, um, it's, it's cool to be able to do it, not in, in a location that's under construction and having to do temporaries and, in rooms and stuff like that. I've heard it happen both ways. And thankfully people make it work. We tend to persevere in this business um, against a lot of things, but I, I do like the concept of trying to be as close to a location as possible, but not being in it. So um, I guess really, as we get near the end of our time here, um, you've been, you've been involved, uh, you and your wife with Eat the Frog for a while now. You've got 
a fitness background that doesn't necessarily wasn't as an owner, but you've been coaching, training people, building relationships for the last few years. And now you have, or more than a few years, um, but now you've been in the trenches for a year. Um, if you can leave our audience with anything, any big lessons you've learned, anything that you wish you knew ahead of time, any anything that's kind of served you the best that you could share here, is there anything that really stands out? Um, yeah, I would say that, um, you know, I think one of the biggest benefits we've been able to have here in Manhattan is um, our front desk staff and our coaches and the ownership all have a great understanding of people. And, you know, again, going back to the, the relational aspect, um, people come into this studio and people come into fitness studios and it can almost be therapeutic you know, and, and science tells us that, you know, after sessions, endorphins are flowing, that kind of thing. And I mean, we have our coaches and our front desk people have members spill their life to them that, you know, just on a whim. And I think being prepared for those kind of conversations and those type of relationships are you, you, you don't know that's going to happen until it happens. And, um, and so as a gym owner, I, I didn't, I didn't understand that my wife had experienced it because she had coached before in this in a fitness studio, but, but those happen. And I think having the right people in place on staff to be able to kind of be quick listeners and slow to speak and great relational folks who, I mean, my wife has somebody cry to her once a week and it's not because things are bad. It's because they're changing lives. And um, I think that's really cool. So um, that, that would be the one thing is like, Hey, be prepared to, have genuine relationships and have people spill the beans to you in a good way. So. Yeah, man, that, that hits hard. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the hugs, the tears, the fist bumps, all that stuff is uh, you can't put that in your bank account, but it sure does. Uh, it, it makes rolling out of bed at 4am some days when you don't want to worth it. And um, all the, all the blood, sweat and tears and stress and anxiety. Those are, those are some major upsides and, if you're the type of person who I think who thrives on those, uh, you're, you're probably in for a good life. If you're the type of person who isn't ready for that, uh, you got to do some hard thinking, but I definitely appreciate that perspective. And, and I appreciate your time being with us here, sir. Uh, before I let you go, last question. Um, you are also an area developer um, for Eat the Frog in Kansas. Um, if people want to reach out to you, they want to talk more, if they're interested in franchise or just, you know, want to, want to hit you up, pick your brain about things, where can people find you? How can they reach out? How can they find Eat the Frog Manhattan? Yeah. Um, yep. So we're the regional developers for greater Kansas city and the state of Kansas. Um, we actually um, have three Eat the Frogs coming to Kansas city, Kansas in the near future, which is awesome. Um, one will be opening up by the end of this year. So we're super excited about that. Um, yeah, so Eat the Frog is a growing brand. Like I said, they started franchising in 2017. And so currently there's about 30 or so Eat the Frogs open in North America. Um, by the end of the year, there'll probably be about 50. And there's 75 or so that are already spoken for in terms of franchisees buying three packs and that kind of thing. Um, so we're growing and we're growing fast and it's exciting. Um, so um, for franchising information, you're just going to eatthefrogfitness.com. There's, there's a franchising you know tab right there to click on 
Uh, if they want to reach out to me specifically, uh, Manhattan at etffitness.com, they can email us. Um, but we'd love to love to connect and love to keep growing the brand because uh, there's a lot of good things going on with Eat the Frog Fitness. Awesome, man. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. It's been a pleasure having you on today. Hey, thanks for having me, Don. I, uh, I appreciate the invite and um, always fun to talk about Eat the Frog and uh, wish you a bunch of success as well. Thank you very much, sir. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Foster from Snap Fitness in La Crosse, Wisconsin. What's up, Foster? How are you today? Doing great. Another great day. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate it. Of course. Anytime. All right. Cool. So let's jump right into the details here. What kind of crazy spider bit you that made you want to own your own facility? Yeah. So this, <laughs> this kind of been like a really long story, but my wife and I love to like just drive through neighborhoods and we always wondered like, wow, this is an amazing neighborhood. Look at this amazing house, right? We're like, mm -hmm. how, how can we do that? And we kind of, you know, thought we're like, what do these people do? And we kind of yeah. came to the conclusion, talking to different people, they're own, they own their own business, yeah. right? And so we're like, cool, we should own our own business one time. <laughs> My wife said like, well, you're really passionate about fitness. You always have been, right? I was in the military, loved it. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to open my own gym. Why not? Like, I can do it. And then, uh, and then we just kind of, we called around, we talked to a couple of uh, other franchises, fell in love with like Snap Fitness, mm -hmm. mainly because of the, the support structures that they had in place. And being someone who's never had a business, who's yes. never had a gym, I'm like, I cannot do this by myself. Right. I want to do it. Super excited. It's kind of how I'm going to prepare, you know, my family for the future, mm -hmm. love for the family business, you know, bringing my kids into it, healthy habits, but I couldn't do it by myself. Right. Like that, that wasn't, that wasn't an option for me. Yeah. Um, and so hooked up with Sap Fitness. I like what they were selling in terms of the support structure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then we just, we just dived into it. Like we, we awesome. just, we just said, Hey, we looked let's at one, it. let's do it. And we did it. And here awesome. we are. Awesome. I love that. All right, cool. So now within the facility, what does the business model look like? Do you offer group classes, private training, semi-privates, are we 24 hour access? What does it look like? Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking over for, I mean, straight up a beloved owner. 
Like they opened that place 15 years ago. Revenue before COVID was through the roof. Like mm -hmm. things were hopping and popping. You know, COVID just like every other gym kind of took a hit mm -hmm. on it. And so we had to scale back on, on things, right? Uh, but now we're, we're starting to scale things back up. So in terms of the business model, we are bringing back group classes. Like mm -hmm. when, when I had, we, we did like a little retirement party and a little hello party for me. Number one question was, when are group classes coming back? And we're like, we're going to do it, right? Yeah. People are wanting it, right? They are, so yes. Group classes are coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, we even sent out a little survey to our members, right? Because it's it's their gym, right? Not, yes. not mine, right? right? Exactly. It's theirs. Yep. And so we have a list of different uh, like classes. They're the typical ones that people are looking for. It's like silver sneakers, uh, strength and conditioning, Pilates, yoga, cycling, things like that. So we're, we're going to be offering group classes. We actually do a lot of personal training at this particular Snap Fitness. So that is a big part of our revenue. It's also um, just talking to some of the members about the stories and about the benefits that personal training has done for them. Mm -hmm. I talked to one lady. She goes on 1,500 mile bike rides every summer and she's pain free. She swears because of our lead personal trainer. Yeah. She doesn't have the pain that everybody else does. Right. It's like, cool. So we offer personal training. We're going to be offering group classes. We are, we, we have like the cardio zone. We've got the strength zone. Um, we are going to invest more though in like a functional fitness zone. Got it. Mm -hmm. And recovery zone. So that okay. is something that like me personally, as someone who's getting older, right. It can't work out and recover the same way I used to when I was 20, right. <laughs> recovery is like becoming more and more important. Right. And the community that we serve, uh, you know, they're not all 20-year-old college-going kids. Right. And we're going to be doing that. And that's going to be something like slightly different. We're, and we're going to be very intentional about our recovery zone that we're going yeah. to be adding in um, to, to the gym over time. So super excited about that. But yeah. yes, personal training, group classes, um, we're going to have the recovery. And we don't have our plan set yet for functional fitness and how we're really going to uh, you know, be strategic about it, but it's, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So a couple of different uh, service offerings within the facility to fit different needs across the clients that you're serving. So that's important. Now, how many members do we have currently in the facility? Yeah. So right now we're at about 400 memberships, about mm -hmm. 500 members total. Okay. Um, is where we're at right now, you know, kind of at the start of the month, we saw a little bit of an increase this month, you know, just with people wanting to come back, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that's, that's where we're at today. A couple of years ago, I mean, we were 800, 900 pre COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when we're looking at this facility in terms of which one to purchase, I, I personally, I didn't want one that was already at the top of the game. We wanted one that, you know, we could invest in and grow. And we found like this was the, the best one because they were there. Right. Like, they were there. We know we can get those members back. Definitely. We know that. Like we believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now as far as getting those members back goes or even acquiring new members, how are you going about doing that? Are we doing paid advertising, Facebook, Instagram, Google? What is that? Yeah. Like? How are we getting new members? That's the golden <laughs> question. Yeah, that, that is the golden question. So as again, somebody who's, new to this like I'm new to marketing I'm not going to do it alone like yes. I, I, I I've talked to several different people and the tools that we have already access to within Snap Fitness like corporate it's amazing mm -hmm. 
they, they do a really good job of like setting things up, making the tools easier for you. But I also know that I need to go bigger than just Facebook, right? Yeah. I need to go bigger than Instagram. I need to go bigger than just Google My Business if I'm trying to bring in 500 new members, mm -hmm. right? So we're yeah. going to be partnering with another company, uh, Modus Creative Insights or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're really going to help me come up with a strategic marketing plan that targets our community. It's based on data. And, he, and here's what I mean by data. Like they're going to do monthly data refreshes about which marketing strategy is effective for my gym. Yeah. Not somebody else's gym. Like, right. Right. Like, yeah. Hey, what, what are the um, um, mail-in flyers, like old school type stuff? Hey, that might work really well in my community. Other ones, it might be text messages. Another yeah. one might be Facebook. Right. Well, I don't want to be just shelling out money to Facebook if it ain't working. Right. If it is, Matt, double my investment right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're not getting three to one returns on your ad spend on Facebook, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you and know? so I'm not, again, I could try to do it myself. I'm not an expert. I'm not a pro. And I'm yeah. not going to try to pretend. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to invest in another company, invest in others. Yes. And, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping, right? Pay it forward, it'll pay it on the back end. Yeah, that's a good point to make though, because a lot of people, you know, especially gym owners, it's like, I can figure it out. You know, I got this, I can figure it out. But then it's like, okay, well, let's look at how much time that's costing you and how much money that's costing you. Because initially, a lot of times they're afraid to pay somebody else to do it. But it's yep. like, why would you not just initially pay somebody who's an expert at doing yep. that rather than waste your time, your money, your resources on trying to figure it out? It's like, chances are you spend two, three, four times more mm -hmm. just trying to figure it out than you would to just initially invest and pay somebody who's an expert at marketing, for example, to just tell you, do this. Yep. You know? And that's, um, yep. Couldn't you don't know more. what you don't know. So, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the other thing that somebody, I forget who it was, but they gave me some really good advice when it came to marketing though. They're like, yeah, like people don't always want to see the bodybuilder or the one who's got the perfect body right. in a bikini. Like yes. tell your, your story, yes. your gym members, not, not these models that nobody can aspire to like real exactly. people. Yeah, we're going to work. We're going to work hard on that. We're going to yeah. work really, really hard on telling our story, not fake ones and other people's and stuff like that. Right. So they're not going to do everything for me, but they are going to help me with like those data refreshes, see what's working, what's not, you know, where do we invest more money in? But it'll be our story that we tell. That's yes. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's an important piece right there. As far as marketing goes is. A lot of times, especially when you start running ads or just putting content out there, everybody wants it to look like super, super professional. They want it to be like somebody who's very in shape and, you know, what people aspire to be <laughs> per se. But sometimes that's like a major turnoff for people because they're like, shit, I'll never look like that. That's right. Or like. I, I don't want to go into a gym that's full of people looking like that when I look like this or, you know, whatever it might be. Like a lot of times that is a turnoff to people and they won't come in because of that. But if you're posting even through your ads and I'm not talking just organic marketing, not paid advertising. I'm also talking paid advertising. If mm -hmm. you're posting organic photos, organic videos, 
people that are in your facility that that look like the people that you are targeting in your marketing mm -hmm. you're going to draw in more people and that's something that's so important to keep in mind you don't have to have the shiniest prettiest most professional looking ad typically the ads that convert the best are those quick videos that you grab in the gym on a daily basis of people that your prospective clients can relate to that's so important yeah no i'm, I'm glad to hear that because the one of the things that we're trying to, to really do at at our at our gym is make people feel welcome to yes. feel safe mm -hmm. right especially with all all the stuff that's been going on and being welcome it's not being intimidated by you know right. the bodybuilder or someone who's you know just really into it we, we want to be real right with and that's the, the story that we're going to tell with real people and again we want people to feel welcome safe friendly all right. of that and we want we want that also showcase in the advertising that we're that we're going to be doing because we also don't want to like false advertise either right, right? Like, yeah. people like we want to keep it real <laughs> right yeah they come in expecting one thing and then they're like oh that's not yeah. what the picture looked like <laughs> and that happens sometimes too you know because people will run ads that were like these photographs were taken in a different gym or the videos were taken in a different gym and people literally come in expecting one thing and then it's not that and it's like i don't know it doesn't work very well uh so yeah that's a that's a good point there too um so now as far as goals go i mean this is a big time of year within business for planning and goals and especially i mean this is crazy too like you're you're new in this game, in this whole gym owner space and still figuring out a lot of things, I'm sure. So what are your main focuses for 2022 within the business, kind of stepping into this new role and taking on this new project, essentially? Yeah, that, that, that's actually, I wish I had like my great answer, like prepared, yeah. <laughs> ready. I don't, I'm still figuring it out, right? right. Like, what I what I'm really going to be trying to focus on is not revenue, right? As weird as that sounds, what I want to focus on is all of the things that lead to revenue, and mm -hmm. I want to be very intentional about lead generation. Mm -hmm. Once they're once they walk through the door, what is our conversion rate of actually transferring them to memberships? Yes. Once we're once they sign up as a member, what are the different packages? How can we help you know promote that? Those are some of the things that I really want to focus on. Mm -hmm. um, at, at our gym, we have MyZone, right? So I want yes. to be able to track MyZone, not necessarily for like the, the revenue that it's bringing in, because we're not going to make like a ton of revenue on that, mm -hmm. because it's going to lead to higher member engagement. I think it'll give a better experience for people that have MyZone. I think it'll make them healthier for yeah. it because they're mm -hmm. actively like trying it's going to help promote this sense of community right mm -hmm. when they move up the different levels to uh from like bronze to silver platinum and diamond and it makes it fun right yeah. so mm -hmm. like those are the things that we want to track um so that is that's like part of the goal fitness on demand like uh snap we, we just came out with a new snap app i want to be able to try to see how many members are using that app yeah. not just for engagement because we know that those are the things that are going to lead to healthier members, right? Right. We want to be more than just a gym that has equipment. Like that's yeah. every gym has equipment. That right. doesn't make us special. That's not going to bring in those 500 people that we lost. 
right? It's it's just not. So we want to be able to promote, and then again, like with the goals, being able to track different areas. How right. many people are using the app? How many people are actually buying PT? So we have we have our goals around like like PT. We want to definitely reduce uh, members that are leaving, mainly because we've had so many that have left because of COVID. So we mm -hmm. want to have intentional strategies, uh, yeah. things that we can do that will prevent people from leaving. Mm -hmm. So that's, we're going to be tracking that. We kind of like, we do want to get back to where we were pre-COVID. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of the goal that I've set uh, in terms of revenue, PT, my zone uh, sales, packaging sales. And if we can hit that goal within a realistic time frame, I'll be happy. Like right. that's, I'll, I'll be, I'll be happy. I think our members will be happy. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have to do things differently. Yeah. Like that's, you know, they left for a reason. And just saying COVID is, is overcome back. I don't think it's going to cut it. Like, right. That's why we're bringing back the group classes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talked to my, my main uh, personal trainer. He's now the fitness manager. And we're going to be investing in something called in-body scanners for yes. in-body composition. Mm -hmm. Because if we are serious, and I mean this, like if we are serious about people's health, then we have to have data. Yes. And, and I, and everybody can, you know, go out and buy a $30 scale with an app on it and get their own body fat. We all know those aren't liable, not valid. They don't actually give us the data breakdown that we need. So we're, we're going to take a leap, right? We're going to invest in this. And we feel that, Hey, if people can see like real results, right. That will then lead to continued, hopefully PT. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then we accomplish our goal of making people healthier. Exactly. Right? And we can prove it. And if we can prove it, those are the things that I want to track in yeah. terms of goals. What percentage of our members that have a big PT package renew that big PT package? Mm -hmm. All of these things are going to lead to increased revenue. Right. Right. But we're not focusing on revenue. We want to focus on the inputs that lead to outputs, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Putting the right processes in place to set your clients up for success, which leads to retention, which mm -hmm. leads to uh, a higher lifetime value per client, which, you know, obviously leads into the revenue piece there. Um, and, you know, making sure that you're able to develop the right systems to provide the highest level of service for your clients so that you can then charge more for those services. Which yep. again leads you to the revenue, which leads to better results for your clients because if they're invested financially, chances are they're going to pay more attention to what they're doing and be more physically invested. Mm -hmm. um, and you know the the in body scale piece, I can I can relate to that because we had one, oh. uh, and you know it's it's like a six thousand dollar scale. <laughs> so <laughs> you know that is a big investment on on your side of things in the grand scheme of things, but you know, it's, it's something that, like you said, people can see the numbers. A lot of people like to see yep. numbers, you know, they yep. like to see things change. They like to, and it doesn't always have to be weight-based either. When you're looking at Correct. the in-body scale, right. you know, you're, you're tracking body fat percentage, you're tracking skeletal muscle mass. Um, so those things are big too, when it comes to making changes in health and fitness, as we know. Um, so, you know, just putting those things in, in place and providing the best level of service for your clients, that is number one. And that does lead to revenue. 
So it doesn't always have to be a revenue goal. Obviously, you didn't get into the business to not make money, um, but <laughs> you did get into the business to help as many people as you can along the way, which leads to the revenue piece. So um, now as far as like a, a sales process, and I know a lot of gym owners don't even like the word sales, but again, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we are business mm -hmm. and, you know, that's what keeps our doors open, those memberships and, um, you know, training packages and whatnot. So when somebody comes in for a, um, like a, a first day, whether that be a consultation or they show interest in the facility, what does that process look like? Yeah. So because the gym was actually going to close, like we were weeks away from that Clem, uh, closing and then I you know had the opportunity and we were able to, to make it work some yeah. of those processes that they had in place um they actually stopped because they were just like hey you know what the, the gym's closing like we're not we're not going to continue it so we're actually a little bit in the process of bringing those strategies back in yeah uh, but like it's very common right now that when a new member signs up uh we'll sign them up for a tour we're going to mm -hmm. be bringing back like, oh, I don't want to say mandatory because nothing is really mandatory, but we're going to really incentivize the consultation, which will include a diagnostic. It's going to include the in-body scanner, right? Yes. Every every <laughs> new member is going to get that scan, right? Yep. <laughs> not not to try to make them feel bad. That is not what right. it's about. This is your baseline. This yes. is where you're at, right? Um, we're hoping some of those things will then lead directly into either um, group memberships with the group fitness because we're going to be changing our our um our packages that we sell to include group fitness classes that is something that we are going to charge extra for mm -hmm. um and so we want to be able to highlight that we also then want to have that conversation a very strategic one about personal training yeah. if we have data to show where they're at and we are serious again about people getting better results we feel that personal training is a huge asset right? It's not the only thing that's going to get people healthy, right? It's got to be proper right. nutrition, proper yes. recovery. And those are all of the things that we really are going to highlight with that. And again, we feel that by having a systematic process for the, the sales process, because mm -hmm. it is, it absolutely is, yes. that once we get them through the door, they will sign. And I fully expect to have above a 90% conversion rate on anybody who walks through that door. Because yeah. we're going to spend a lot of money to get them through the door. We mm -hmm. better close. And yeah. I think, I think we will. And, you know, part of that is going to be making sure that uh, the person that's going to lead them does all the right things. Right. It's not a game, but people aren't going to get healthy by themselves. That's why exactly. they're kind of coming here. We're yeah. going to help them through that journey through our different packages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And having that uh, initial consultation and that diagnostic approach is a huge piece of that. And a, a huge piece of, making sure you're converting those people that walk in the door, right? Because the people that take the time out of their life to make it to that consultation, there's a reason why they're there. Yep. You know, there's a reason. They didn't, you know, uh, have to scramble at work to make sure that they got out in time to get in the car and get stuck in traffic and they make their way over there for, for mm -hmm. nothing. You know, it's mm -hmm. like they're coming in for a reason. And what you have to do is identify that reason. 
identify the problem. What problem do they have? And then solve it with the service that you provide. And sometimes, and I was just talking about this earlier today, um, you know, not being afraid to kind of challenge their belief systems around health and fitness, because a lot of times people really don't prioritize health and fitness. You know, they, they prioritize all of their other bills, you know, their cable bill, their cell phone bill, their car bill, um, their insurance bill, you know, whatever it might be, but it's like, oh, well, well now I don't have room for fitness, but it's like, you only get one body yep. you know, and you got to live in it for your entire life. So really that should be at the top of the list as far as things you should be investing your time and money into, but people just don't think of it that way. And a lot of times I think, um, personal trainers, gym owners, we're kind of afraid to challenge people mm. with that, you know, and just kind of change their perspective a little bit. And if, if we don't, then, and they never take action to make those changes that are necessary for them to live a higher quality life. It's like, we're not doing our job. You know, we're not, yep. we're doing them a disservice. If we're not identifying those things for them, making them really obvious and showing them how important making those changes is in their life. Yeah, I mean, I fully believe like it can change lives. And I, I, I hate to be cliche about that, but it absolutely can. If you have somebody who is obese, right, they are showing all of the right markers to, you know, possibly, you know, die earlier. We yeah. can change that, though. Yes, we can absolutely change that. And we're here to help them do that. Right. Right. And along the way, I, I you know, again, we are in the sales process, right, in the revenue. Everybody wins. They're going to have healthier exactly. lives. We're going to have a better community make more money, all of those things, everybody wins. Right. Yeah, exactly. And not being afraid of that, uh, that sales process, because yep. I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, well, I'm just not good at sales. And it's like, okay, but are you passionate about helping people? Do you believe in what you do? Because sales is just a transference of belief, right? So if you're nope. super convicted about what you do, it's not a sale. It's just you transferring your belief in the product and services that you're offering to the client to solve a problem that they have. So what's Goodness our issue that. here? You know, yep. and that is, that is a good salesperson because they actually believe it. Exactly. It's easy to sell something you believe in. Yes. Cause you just got to talk about it. You just got to talk about it. Yes. Yep. It drives me crazy. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, well, I'm not good at sales. And it's like, okay, well, how much time have you spent learning sales or learning a sales process or getting better or you know it really comes down to sales is, is so heavy on psychology mm -hmm. and especially when you're talking about somebody's fitness their health and fitness and people make so many excuses for themselves and you know it even the part that i love was it comes down to like mirroring like sitting the same way that they're sitting or matching their tone or you know things like that it's like it's so crazy how much influence you can have over somebody just by the words you say and how you say them mm -hmm. and you know using your body language and there's just so many things that play into it so it's a really important piece to be a successful personal trainer and to be a successful gym owner yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know that uh, working with the, my my uh, fitness manager on that, we are we're going to be very intentional about that. Yeah. Because then we're not helping people either if they're not getting the right packages. Exactly. Like that's, that's just the way it is. Right. Right. And this is something that I used to always tell my staff was, you know, if I'm if you're doing something 
that's that's hurting you in in the gym in the business it, not doing something correctly and it's it's having a negative effect on you if i don't correct you and i don't tell you mm. what you're doing wrong and how to fix that then that's on me i'm doing you a disservice by not telling you and it's the same thing on the fitness side of things it's like you know if you're not identifying this problem for somebody and providing the solution then you're doing them a disservice yep. because that's what you're here for yeah. And, um, you know, when you start to look at it that way, it's like, okay, that, you know, that makes sense. And it makes it less of the salesy process and it makes it feel less salesy. It, you know, mm -hmm. it comes down to who cares more, you know, do they care more to continue their lifestyle the way it is, or do you care more to help them change it? That's you know, well said, well said. So, you know, it's just, it's, it, comes down a lot of times too to just a shift of perspective from our end of things and just looking at it in that way rather than looking at it as a sale and if something's not selling it's not working right, right. So we got to change something like something is broken right, right. and we gotta we gotta fix it yes Yes, absolutely. So I know that um, this is still kind of new for you, but over this time, what would you say that the most important thing that you've learned so far is? Right, right now, definitely, I'm not in it by myself, but yes. hand, hands down, I've got plenty of people on the corporate side that uh -huh. I can reach out to for help. Mm -hmm. I, can, I also know, though, I've got amazing people at my gym, right? Yeah. They've been there. Office managers have been there for 13 years already. I, I can lean on her. I've got good people, right? Mm -hmm. And and to think that, you know, I'm going to come in and do everything different and new without kind of relying on the people that have already been there, I, I think would, you know, I've already learned that once without one idea that I had. I'm like, hey, I want to do this. They're like, no, you don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, you don't. You don't want to do that. Right. Like, fair enough. But yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not in it by myself, right? And I'm constantly reaching out to other people. Um, I'm not the biggest social media person, but I've been on one of the uh, Facebook groups and mm -hmm. just listening to what they're posting um, has actually been really, really helpful. And again, I'm not I'm not in it by myself. If I've got an idea, I should probably bounce it off somebody else first. Yeah, they've absolutely. already been there. They've already done it. I'm all about reaching out, not reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. Is is what I've learned in the less than two months that I've been a gym owner so far. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. It's an important piece to have that supporting, um, supporting team, you know, and putting people in places for success because you can't do everything as, yep. as the gym owner, you know, you need people to help you out and take on some of the tasks so that you can focus on the business side of things. Because a lot of times we have gym owners who are constantly working in the business and never working on the business. Mm -hmm. So then they get into situations where they just kind of get stuck and they can't move past where they are because they're in the business all day, every day. And it doesn't allow you to, to gain perspective and look at what's coming and plan and where we're going because they're constantly just in the business all day, every day. So presents uh, quite a few challenges if you can't yeah. step back and, and look, look at and work on the business. Yep. Uh, amen. And like we, we took a, a fairly significant uh, jump. Uh, we invested in people. So we are increasing hours. Yes. We're increasing compensation right now. And that is, 
again, because they've, they've been there the longest, they know what they're doing, right? They're going to work with us to be able mm -hmm. to take it up to the next level, but we're, we're investing in people and yeah. that's, we feel like that's a, a really good investment right now. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Oh, that is actually a really good question on social media, huh? I, I should know this one a lot better. Well, <laughs> there's one way that's pretty easy. You can always just jump on Google and Google Snap Fitness Lacrosse Wisconsin, and they'll all come up. And that so. is the best way to go right now. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. <laughs> that's why I'm going to be meeting with Modis in 13 minutes. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So Foster from Snap Fitness in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been amazing having you on the show. Ah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. All right. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Jay Nor, coming to you from Miami, Florida with Iron Fist fitness jay what's going on man how are you today i'm doing pretty good man and uh not to correct you but it's iron fist gym iron fist gym yeah you know i had i put the gym there because i didn't want marvel on me <laughs> so i didn't want to just call it iron <laughs> fist <laughs> so that's why the gym's on there but that's what it is we got a I'm misleading good, website here but either way jay welcome excited to have you here excited to dive into the, the intricacies of how you run a business, why you started it. Give us an idea, Jay, kind of put us in your time machine here. Take us back to the, the formulation of this idea in your brain. What made you want to start a gym and how did you put this whole thing together? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I have, you know, a couple of parts of my life that um, really contributed to this. So if I go back to my 25th birthday, so that was like 13 years ago, I'm 38 right now, dude, my 25th birthday, I, I went out, I, I drank a lot or whatever. I woke up, could hardly remember half the night. And at that point I knew, I wasn't really into fitness, right? But I knew I had to make a change because I wasn't gonna be in my twenties forever. You know, so one of the things I'm like, this isn't sustainable. I need to start working out. I need to start um, just taking care of myself, taking a little bit better care of myself. So I'd go to the gym and just kind of like aimlessly do stuff, right? I'd pick up some weights, I'd maybe hit the treadmill, whatever the case may be. But I wasn't really 
finding results. I'm like, why am I, I spent six months here, but I look the same, you know, I feel the same, but I'm still, I'm working out what's, what's happening. So it wasn't until about four years after that, that I found a, a gym in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's where I'm actually originally from. And they had a personal trainer and he'd run these small group classes and stuff. And he's very knowledgeable. And that's when I started seeing results, you know, and not just for me, but I started seeing some awesome results for other individuals. You know, I mean, I saw people that were morbidly obese and they lost a bunch of weight and they were pushing on, knocking out pushups months later and everything. And I'm like, I want to be a part of that. You know, like, I think that's great. I think that this individual is here impacting lives, changing lives, making them better. I want to be a part of that. You know, at the time I was working in a corporate world, which I wasn't really impacting lives. I mean, I was doing spreadsheets and, and stuff like that, which is fine. You know, it's part of the corporate lifestyle, but I want to make a difference in people's lives. So um, I move over to Miami, had a, a job opportunity in Miami. And the funny part is February 14th, it'll be with my wife for our seven years. So it'll be seven years that we had our first date, February 14th. And on our first date, seven years ago, we talked about, you know, where we are, our goals, ambitions, and things. And I told her straight out, I want to own a gym someday. I wasn't even a personal trainer at the time. Like I was going through my certification. Speak it into existence. <laughs> yes, man, exactly. That is so true. I said, I'm going to own a gym someday. And fast forward to March, 2020, COVID happens, right? Like I'm at this big name gym. At the time, it was like my dream gym. I really wanted to be there. I worked hard to get there. And COVID happens kind of like, you know, people aren't training, gyms are shut down and all that fun stuff. And uh, there's some, another coach at the gym, which we started, we continued working out outside the gym. So we kind of made this friendship at the gym. Um, there'd be some, she was a boxing coach. So there'd be some uh, clients that I would have that would want to do boxing and then her clients would want to do strength. And we kind of had this relationship here. We still continued working out outside of the gym. And I don't know if it was her or me, but we were like, we should just start our own gym. And I was like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And then I, shortly after that, I got this opportunity and I went back to her. I said, you know how we joked about like starting our own gym now? Do you want to do it? And it, lo and behold, that we, that was like in May, July, the middle of July, 2020, I mean, Fish Gym was born. And I mean, it, it basically is, you know, depending on how you look at it, maybe 13 years in the making for my 25th birthday, right? Or the, the seven years when I told my wife I was going to own a gym someday. But it's one of those things that if you really think about, you know, if you, whether you're whatever profession you're in, how you started, you'd be surprised that it's probably one little thing even further back that made you want to do that. And for me, it was my 25th birthday, really, because that was what got me into fitness, which led me to where I am today. Somewhere deep inside was this internal calling for <laughs> you to be the leader of Iron Fist. And so, Jay, talk to us about the business as it exists today, right? Obviously, we've been around for a little over a year and a half now. Yeah. What is what is the the business model? How do you serve people? If I walk through your doors today, what can I sign up for? Yeah, I mean, so we're kind of going through like a transition phase right now. Um, we're going into a bigger spot. So we offer services for like one-on-one -on -one training. Um, we offer small group training as well. So small group Right now, we don't necessarily have a set schedule. I mean, I would ideally like to do that. Uh, we're more of like a private invite appointment only type gym. Sure. So our small group is, you know, hey, grab your buddy, grab your family member, whatever the case may be, 
you know, let's set you up with the coach, have a time scheduled, then you guys work out at that time. Um, and then we also offer, I'm looking at expanding into other products and services like video on demand and things like that. But our core is one-on-one -on -one and small group training. Gotcha. Okay. And so focusing on the coaching side of things, right? The individuality, the customizable, tailorable approach of one-on-one -on -one or small group, right? Tell us a little bit about the, the product of that. How are you selling this? What do people typically pay for to work with you in these sort of services? Yeah, so, you know, our coaches are self-employed, which means that they can charge basically their own rate. Um, that's one of the things I really wanted to do. When I work the corporate world, it's not uncommon where they charge, you know, $75, $100 plus per hour. And as a coach, you're walking away with maybe 30, 40% of that if you're lucky, where the business takes 60, 70. So we kind of flip that. So the coach actually walks away with 60 to 70% and the business takes 30 to 40. The typical rate is about $60 an hour for personal training. Um, group training could be anywhere between $20, $30, $40, depending on the coach and their area of expertise and things like that. But an hourly rate typically is about 60 bucks. Okay. So these are more so independent 1099 contractors running their own business out of this facility. Is that right? That's correct. You know, I, people are like, well, why don't you go the employer route? Well, a couple of reasons why in the employer route, now you're talking about um, there's other business things you have to look at, like unemployment and workers comp. But the reality is, you know, I'm a coach, right? So I started as a coach. Um, I know a little bit about business because I have management background. When I was in the corporate world, I was a manager for a number of years. But I really wanted people who came in to provide an opportunity for them to make really good money coaching. I didn't want to be their boss, if you will. I want them to be their own boss and have them be empowered to make their own amount of money, however much they want it to be. Now, I have my experience. Um, I've been a, a personal trainer for six years and manager and stuff. So by all means, I'm definitely helping them. But I really wanted to offer an opportunity, a space where coaches can go to make really good money and not have me take all the money, even though they're doing the work. Understood. Okay. And so we have trainers running their own business. Are you running your own business? Are you still working with clients or are you entirely focused on the trainers coming in and out? Oh, I'm, I'm working with clients, man. So I run the business and I work with clients as well. I mean, my, my goal is to have a core number of clients. I mean, I'm continuing to expand and, and build my client base right now, but ultimately I'd like to have a core number of clients and then focus more on expanding the business and potentially growing into other locations and, and things like that down the line. But yeah, uh -huh. certainly I, I get it. Okay. Yeah. I will always have clients. Like I, I love working with people. Sure. So give us a little bit, give us an idea of how your time is split then. I think there's a lot of gym owners in the industry that sort of find themselves in similar scenarios to you where they're juggling, still working with clients, coaching classes, whatever that may be, as well as wearing all the hats of gym ownership. Give me an idea of kind of how your time is split. How many clients do you work with? I mean, I have about 17 clients right now for myself. Yeah. How um, much of that, how much of time does that take up in a, in a week for you? Uh, I can take around 30 hours. Sure. You know, usually some clients will be one time a week. Um, some are two, some are three, 30, 35 hours, I guess, for, you know, working with clients. Um, I spend a lot of time doing like I guess kind of like administrative stuff. I went to school, 
originally for graphic design. So any type of marketing materials, graphic design stuff, right now I'm just doing myself. Um, just a way to kind of like, if I can do it, I'm going to do it. But I recently unloaded the accounting part because I was doing, I was doing the accounting stuff too. I'm no accountant. <laughs> so when I did like, when I submitted taxes last year, the, the tax person's like, dude, your books are a mess. I'm like, I'm a personal trainer, bro. And, and I own a gym. Like, they're going to be a mess, you know, but he's like, you really need to get somebody. So, you know, I'm only to, to offload things because it gives me time to do other things, but sure. you know, I run the site, I do all the marketing and all that stuff right now. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the business is, is still in the, the growth phase, looking to bring on other trainers, new clients. And, and you mentioned that you run all the marketing. Talk, talk to us about that. What does marketing look like for you guys? What are you doing to build your business? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different things. I mean, Instagram, you know, social media in general, but for, for us, we find Instagram is very, it's very lucrative. I mean, it's, it's visual based, right? You know, you see a lot of videos, you see a lot of photos on there. Um, a lot of gyms are on there, so you can kind of like cross promote other gyms. And it's really just, if you have a client, you know, as long as they sign the, the consent to use their image for marketing, market that person, like put them up on Instagram, put them up on stories. People love seeing other people work out. Like it motivates them. There's actually a psychological connection. When you see somebody doing physical activity, a part of you wants to engage in that same physical activity. So um, that's a huge marketing thing. And the other thing that's kind of funny is like all this social media is good. But the other thing I'm finding that's good for marketing is a Sinicade. Like it's a legit sign you just put outside to the road, right? And people see it and now they know you exist, you know? So it's kind of combining old school guerrilla marketing tactics, if you will, with the new technology of social, social media and all that fun stuff. Sure. And, and so for you with trainers running their own businesses, if you get somebody reaching out, say, I'm interested in training, are you assigning leads to your trainers? Are, are you, finding them clients or is it their responsibility to find their own clients it's a combination of both you know i tell people um gym gym uh, or coaches that come into the gym you know i'm going to be honest with you if we market you more than you market yourself you're not going to be as successful right like we can't be more or pushing more for you to get clients than you want to get your own clients but that's absolutely correct you know we will have people that will actually go into the instagram messages and say hey you know i'm looking for for boxing i see you offer boxing i'm looking for strength training i see you offer strength training you know what are the rates you know who do you have available and then that's where i basically look and see because I, I i kind of um put those people a coach i think would be a best fit for them right sure. like hey if you're looking for boxing cool we have these two boxing coaches if you're looking for strength training we have these strength training coaches what are your hours you know, if it correlates with that coach, they get a complimentary session, they come in, they check it out, and then they talk with the coach about pricing and things like that. Yeah. And, and I mean, for you, for, from the business perspective, if it is, for example, say it's, it's trainer taking 60%, gym taking 40%, it's still in the gym's best interest to have as many clients coming through as possible. Absolutely. And so for, for you, you mentioned the use of social media. Has that ventured into the paid side of social media using advertising or is this more the organic side that you're speaking about um it's actually a combination of both i mean just a couple of months ago i actually got into the paid advertisement because one of the other coaches is like hey man like i do paid advertisement for myself and it's actually generated me two or three clients a couple of clients off of that one ad 
So I was like, all right. So I, I mean, I went in there because I listened to the coaches, right? Like I'm a coach myself. Like I said, I have, I have some management experience, whatever, but if the coaches are doing something that's working for them and I'm not doing it as a business owner, I, I'm going to look to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm going to try it out at the very least. I'm going to try it out. So I went ahead and I started doing Instagram ads and yeah, it's very successful, you know, and it's low cost. So I look at what's the cost of it. What's the benefit of it? You do cost benefit analysis. This is where my little management brain comes in. Right. And it, it definitely is beneficial to start doing Instagram ads. I looked at Google ads and things like that. I haven't dwelled into that yet, but yeah, Instagram ads are, are very successful. Yeah. I mean, it can be scary because it's new and it's challenging, right? We don't all know how to do that, but at the end of the day, you and I can agree that businesses need leads. We need people interested in a business. We are a shitty fitness business and we don't have fitness business clients. And Absolutely. so this can be one tool to consistently bring in new interest, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Google, to all the things that you just mentioned in combination with the free organic things, right? Of course, word of mouth is always going to be huge. Of course, walk-ins off the street with our signage that you spoke about. Obviously, we're going to take those because they're free. They cost nothing, but we can supplement with XYZ other strategies. At the end of the day, marketing is more of a toolkit than a singular tool. How many different ways can we bring people in? And the, and the more ways we have, the probably the better off we're going to be in the long run. Jay, for you, we know that you've explored kind of these different strategies to bring people in. Talk to us a little bit about what happens once we have that lead, right? Tell us about the sales process in general. Are they meeting with you? Are they meeting with individual trainers? How does that look? Well, you know, it's great that you, you mentioned the word sales because, you know, trainers get a certification and they can be really good trainers, right? Like they know their stuff. They have all these certifications. They may even want the college exercise degree, all that fun stuff, exercise science, right? But if you can't make that sale, like you can't convince or you can't, uh, yeah, convince the client why they should work with you and part their money to you, it doesn't matter how good of a trainer you are. You're, <laughs> You're going to be a, a very broke, knowledgeable trainer. <laughs> yeah, you, you very much will. So, I mean, basically what happens is like once I get that lead, let's say, you know, I, I put it over to one of my trainers. I give them a heads up and I say, hey, man, this person's interested in training. I would reach out to them. Like I don't reach out to them because it's not my client, right? Like I want that client to have that first time exposure. Well, I guess second time exposure technically because they, they, they talk to me on Instagram, right? but have that exposure with their coach, you know, and this is where I feel that I can help these coaches. Cause I've done this for a while. Um, I have a number of clients. I feel like I'm pretty successful in that regard to say, this is what I would do. This is how I would open it up, you know, give them tips, give the coach tips to make that, that sale, if you will, you know, we offer complimentary sessions. So that's a good way to get people in offer a complimentary session. Once you have that person into the gym, and they see and they get to know you as a coach, then you can start talking pricing. And that's where you want to keep an open mind. You know, that's what's nice about the coaches having the model of charging their own rates, right? Is that they can make those exceptions for pricing however they want. They don't have to come to me for it. It's their money. I'm still going to make my, my flat fee every hour that they train, regardless of what their price is. It's not a percentage, it's a flat fee. So 
that coach has the complete ability to make whatever rate they want. And I say, if they can't necessarily afford your one-on-one rate, pitch the small group rate, you know, like give them options. You know, it, you can make it economical for that person. Maybe you pitch a package rate where if they buy 10, you know, 10 sessions up front, they get a bigger discount, whatever the case may be. So it's just finding out a lot of people want to train. They feel it's too expensive, but you know, if it's a priority to them, they'll set that expense aside. And if it can, if they know what options they have, then they'll be more apt to, to buy the, the services. Yep. And, and I think, fitness is weird man fitness gets this bad rap of pushy used car salesy sign up the member at all costs sort of reputation but to your point if we just sit down with somebody have a conversation find out what they're actually looking for what a realistic budget for them is and then here's what i recommend here's what we have available cool then we can be valuable and it doesn't have to feel like pushing this person at all costs to get a sale. It's really, really a skill at the end of the day and we can practice this skill and get better. To your point, you, uh, you can work with these trainers on the art and the science of, of the sales process to help them become better. Mm-hmm. But at the heart of it, it's conviction in belief in what they're actually doing is helping people. <laughs> right. You know, and if you approach somebody like you're trying to sell them something, they're going to feel like you're trying to sell them something, right? They're going to know. <laughs> yeah, Immediately. They, they know they, we all know when we're being sold to, okay? We just, just go to your, your local car dealer, all right? You know when you're being sold to. But if you are being, if you're approaching them like you want to help them and they genuinely feel that you want to help them, there's, they're going to want to help you in the sense that, okay, they're going to want to work with you. You know, it's really in the, the approach. And I tell people too, like I say 60 bucks an hour, I say it with confidence, like lay the price down. If they say, how much is it? And you charge 60, boom, it's 60 bucks an hour. Don't assume they can't afford it because somebody else you talked to before them couldn't afford it. Right. We're in Miami, man. Like, you know what I mean? People like, are paying far more than 60 yeah, an hour. That's paying- for sure. I, yeah, they're paying way more than $60 an hour. So, I mean, it's already pretty economical as it is, but I always tell them, don't assume anything. Don't assume that they can't pay. Don't assume because they're busy that they can't come multiple times a week. Once you start assuming stuff, you're basically laying down the foundation for what is not going to happen. Yep. You're creating your own objections. a hundred percent. And so Jay, I mean, we've talked about how this business came to be. We've talked about it as it exists now, paint me a picture of the future. Where are you trending with this business? What's the, what's the ultimate vision for you that you're trying to move towards? Yeah, I mean, it's really just expanding services. You know, I mean, right now we're, we're crystal training facilities, small and private. Um, I wanna start going into like video on demand, you know, so that way those individuals that come in, you know, maybe they wanna work, and it just actually expands to everybody, I guess, applies to everybody. Uh, maybe they want to work on more than one time a week, but, you know, economics doesn't allow them to, and they can only do one time a week. But if you can offer video on demand services that say, hey, you know what, there's this 15 minute ab workout. I think you should check it out. It's $1.99 or $2.99, right? The, the price of a cup of coffee these days. Um, you can expand your revenue and it's, it's low cost to do the video on demand service and you can offer more services. You know, so I think that's an area of opportunity. Um, products as well. So there's going to be products in the gym. Like I, I got this really nice drink machine, um, you know, have some drinks in there and stuff like that. 
asking me a dollar for water or whatever the case may be, but it's just offering additional products, you know, look at supplementation, expanding into uh, other businesses and saying, hey, I could have a coach go to your business, right? So maybe it's a hospital, for example. I don't want to give away all my all my my, my little secrets here, but you know, maybe it's like a, <laughs> maybe it's like a hospital, but for other gym owners, right? You know, look at other businesses, right? So maybe it's a hospital and say, hey, you know what? I can have somebody there every Wednesday at 6 p.m. to train your staff. Give me a flat rate fee every month. And then that way, that coach, regardless if there's one person, 10 people or nobody, they're going to get paid either way because then you cut that coach a little bit, you know, I'll give them a flat fee uh, every week, you know, whether there's somebody there or not, right? So, I mean, look at other businesses. Um, the other thing too is cross-promoting. You know, we don't do yoga. But I could, I could, there's a bunch of yoga studios, right? So maybe it's cross promoting with them saying, hey, could we get a discount? Like if we refer people to you, could they get a discount and vice versa, right? I mean, we do memberships now. We can cut them a little bit deal on the memberships. So, I mean, that's where I see is helping other small business owners, cross promoting with them, offering additional services such as video on demand, and just going out there and seeing where we can get these coaches at these other businesses that will generate revenue. Yeah. And, and so it sounds like certainly moving in a number of different directions, but growth overall, right? Absolutely. Looking to, yeah. looking to expand in the long run. And so, man, and as we start to kind of wrap this up and, and put a whole little bow on our interview here, why don't you give people an idea of, of where they can find out a little bit more about this? Are you guys on social media? Yeah, man. So we could, um, we're on Instagram, uh, Ironfish Gym LLC. Uh, our website's ironfishgymllc.net. And we also are on um, LinkedIn. So that's going to be under JNOR. I just recently got on LinkedIn. That's like a whole different world, man. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, yeah, so we're on LinkedIn, Instagram. We do have Facebook as well. Uh, same thing, Ironfish Gym LLC. And yeah, we're located in Miami. So we're, we're Perfect. all over the place. Love it, man. It's a... Uh... It's been a pleasure to host this conversation and see your insight, your mindset, and, and your skill set when it comes to running a business in the fitness industry. I really appreciate your time. I look forward to seeing what comes of Iron Fist here down the line, my man. Yeah, yeah, man. I, yeah, thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it to you guys. I think it's great what you're doing. You know, I think it's awesome that other gym owners can kind of talk to each other. And even it kind of gives an insight to people that might be members um, you know, take a listen and kind of see the trials and tribulations that gym owners do and, and things like that to, to make sure they get the best services. For sure. Well, thank you to you, sir. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.